Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, how to do succession planning. Chapter two, using evaluations. Here we go. You've told me this many times before that even simple succession planning, just simple succession planning, requires paying attention to the bigger picture. Yeah. And you need to have the big picture. Look, the whole point of succession planning is for the stability long-term of the organization. If you don't think big picture when you're thinking about the organization, you're going to end up with a plan that's too small, too simple, that won't be appreciated or respected or even followed by people who have the ability to make the decisions regarding your succession planning. So that's simple. So, okay, easy enough. Pay attention to the big picture. So I, I guess we're done, right? I mean, that's that's actionable, right? Just oh, pay yeah. Pay attention to the big picture. Yeah. What most managers do is they're asked to do some succession planning. And so they say, okay, who's my best direct? And that's not a bad question to ask. It's just not the only question. It's not, it's not the really the right question. It's, it, they're not wrong. Often the best direct is the right person to be the number two. But of course, succession planning is more than that. It includes what other jobs your directs might go to based on their skills and abilities and the needs of the firm. Right. And if all you do is ask who's my best direct, it's going to be seen by more senior people as small, as myopic, and as an effort that lacks preparation. Right. And sometimes being the best, even if they're pretty good, isn't good enough or they have the potential to be better. Right. With some good succession planning, you have an idea of what they need to do to either grow. Yeah, into well, yeah, or it depends be on definition. Yeah, exactly. Depends on definition of best because your best salesperson may not be the best sales manager promotee. Yeah. So we have four recommendations to get started on the big picture stuff you need to do. It's not hard. This cast will be very straightforward. We'll go into some detail, but very straightforward. Four things. First of all, you need to gather all the previous reviews, even from previous companies, of your directs. Trust me, folks, you want more than just their last six months worth of work performance. Then you're going to examine those reviews for strengths and weaknesses, which is the heart of all uh, succession planning. What's the guy good at and what's he not good at? And how does that fit relative to the needs of the firm? And then basically you make a simple draft list of their strengths and weaknesses. You annotate it from stuff from evaluations. You put an H for historical. Other people put parentheses around it, whatever, so that you can separate what's current from what's historical. And then lastly, you may need to prep some questions for your directs when you start talking to them about succession planning and understanding more about their background before they work for you. It's really simple. Excellent. Before we talk about step one, which is gather all previous reviews, even for previous mm-hmm. companies, which will surprise some folks. But before we talk about that, let's go back a little bit to the risks associated with a quick decision regarding succession planning. Share with us some of the, some of the, the risks there that people might not just initially think of. Yeah. Look, we understand everybody's desire to, uh, you know, this is not revenue producing. This is not cost reduction. This is just another tasking from senior people. Of course, we're not suggesting you have to wait to it for a tasking. If you're really good, you've already got stuff ready when you get asked. Oh, I do that all the time. I do that once a quarter. I do it once every six months, whatever. But what most managers do is, hey, who's my best direct? You make the quick decision. You don't do your due diligence, even though due diligence, we're not talking about legal plumbing the depths of everything. We're not talking financial due diligence. But what happens is you put the wrong guy in the job or you find a a, a number two and you put him in there and he fails spectacularly. 
And look, maybe you work in a forgiving organizational culture, but lots of managers don't. And if the person whom you've done quick succession planning does poorly when they get the opportunity, all of your succession planning efforts are now significantly suspect. You look unprepared. You've hurt the career of your direct when, in fact, your direct thinks that you making him or her number two is actually a plus. They feel slightly betrayed. Not good. Yeah. It's just not good. And it's again, we're not talking about a lot of stuff. What's sad about that is that the prep that we're going to suggest people do isn't onerous. It's not impossible to do. So I'll just I'll just go right through it. I mean, look, you, the first thing you do is you sit down, you lean back, and you think big picture. Okay? You ask yourselves, we say, self, <laughs> I have a question for you. And the question is, if this succession plan that I'm working on works and my successor who takes my job does well, what might happen if he or she continues to do well for the next five or 10 or 15 years? Okay. You've basically started the managerial executive progression for this person. That's what you're doing when you do your early sort of quick and dirty succession planning. Okay. In that you're starting on that path, why not do some of the due diligence now by taking a pretty quick but still a reasonably full, based on the amount of data you can get your hands on, a reasonably full look at the background of the direct. More information is generally better as long as it doesn't take days and weeks and months to to get at it. Why not make sure you're seeing things the way they really are? rather than the easy way, rather than checking the box, yes, I told HR, I told the VP what he or she wanted to know. Why not do it the right way rather than the obvious way? Yeah. One of the things that surprised me is a lot of managers mistakenly, I believe, think that somebody's been working them for six months or a year or three years, and somehow they think that they've seen everything. They've seen all the strengths, they've seen all the weaknesses, and they have the entire picture of the individual. Somehow they have a view of the entire of the person's entire 15-year career. And that's that's not true. Not going to happen. Not true. Yeah. And look, the moment you do some big picture thinking and thinking of, and think about the importance of what you're starting, you do feel a need. Most of us do feel a need to review previous background for strengths and weaknesses. We don't want to not know that somebody struggled previously with a particular person and you didn't know that person. And then realize, uh uh-oh, they may have to work with a person like that in the future, and you're not preparing them for it. Oops. And by the same token, yeah, oops, right, yeah, and you you set them up for it. Or you don't want to miss a strength that is clearly proven in previous work that could open up other doors for your direct. And maybe you haven't called upon that strength, and that person could be shining even more to other people who are going to make a decision about where they're going to go in their career. Yeah, that could be a great opportunity for the person that you're going to overlook because you weren't aware of that strength. Oops. <laughs> Again. Yeah, oops. Yeah. So we're going to be creating a simple form with strengths and weaknesses for all of our directs for succession planning. We'll talk more about it in a future cast on in this series. And just so you know, the Manager Tools Performance Evaluation form is a one-pager, handwritten, with What do you know at the top? Strengths and weaknesses on it. So basically what we do is we ask our directs for their performance history. The first thing we do is we ask HR for what they have from each direct's experience with the firm. Is your experience been when you ask HR that you get a good response from them? Generally. It's not guaranteed, but generally, yeah, 
Sure. 70% of the time, yeah, you get a good response. But I admit, we're, we're not going to launch it. We'll tell you how to ask in just a second, but I'm not going to launch this and, and imply that every manager who ever asks is going to be given the confidential personnel jacket of all the directs. But yeah, we usually do. Sometimes, though, there is a, a person, doctrinaire, reflexive, let's just call him or her a functionary, <laughs> um, <laughs> who's in HR, who says no. Now, look, it's regrettable. And frankly, it's a good reason to dislike HR. But, you know, I might say to hate HR, but I don't, we're not HR haters here anymore. Now, look, folks, if somebody from HR wants to tell me, wants to tell Mike and I, wants to send us an email, why it is that you get to store evals and review them and then not share them with the manager who works with that person day to day, feel free. Send us a mail. The idea that something that a direct works for Mike and then a year later the direct works for me and I'm not allowed to see his previous evals, but senior people are when they're considering succession planning or HR can look at him anytime they want. I've had that told me before. I'm just like, are you smoking crack over yeah. there? Do you, yeah. do you understand that just because the files are in your office doesn't mean you get to control them arbitrarily? Here's what you say. You say to the HR person, hey, I'm having to do some succession planning. You know, ready now, ready next, the usual stuff. I need copies of evals for my folks for their time at our company, X-Corp, we'll call it. If you have stuff from before here, in other words, they work for another manager previously, or if you have stuff from other firms as part of an application packet, I'd love to see that too. When can you have it all together for me? Yeah, I like that last HR's question. Job is support I like managers. that last question. Yeah. <laughs> HR's job is to support managers. Now, a lot of times you get, well, I have to get approval. And then the manager of HR calls and says, why do you need it? And you say, gee, I thought I just said, no, you don't say this. You think to yourself, gee, I just <laughs> told this person I'm doing succession planning. I'm looking at the strengths and weaknesses, and I really want to understand the background, the history. And there are HR managers who will tell you, well, you, you can't do that. Only we can do that. Well, okay. Not true, but whatever. And look, when they ask why, what you do is think, this is the dumbest person ever. We authorize you to say to yourself in your head, in your inside voice, <laughs> this is the dumbest person ever. And folks, if you don't have a good inside voice, then don't say that. Yeah, then you don't get to think that, right? That's right. And, and we're not recommending you say that. We're recommending you think it. We're recommending you be sweet as pie and not say it. And what you do when they say why, say, um, dude, this is basic succession planning. This is how it's done. You get everybody's history and you make sure that the path you're considering them for isn't a concern relative to their past strengths and weaknesses. When can I have them? Not can I have them. When can I have them? Yeah. Slightly different. Yeah. And, and look, HR might resist. And, and if they do, then you can really seriously dislike them. Again, we're not haters here, but it amazes me that 30% of the time or 40% of the time actually – you get this kind of pushback. Now, look, if that happens, you go over their head. You mean go to your boss or go to the head of HR? Either one, Either right? One. There are two ways to do it. When you go over somebody's head, you can go to your boss or you can go to that naysayer's boss in HR. We recommend you go to the HR boss because your boss doesn't want to fight your battles for you. Although, if you have a great relationship with your boss and you think she would, then okay, fine, do that. And basically what you do with the HR person or with your boss is – same drill, same question. 
we do recommend before you start thinking, I'm going to have to talk to somebody else, that you get from the HR person a clear rationale for the, for the no that the functionary is giving you. So you see whether or not, if you get told no again, whether or not it's the same no. And if you get a different one, then you can hate them and use your outside voice. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm going back to my boss. And I'm saying, look, I got two different no's for two different reasons. They just don't want to give this stuff up. I had an HR manager once say, well, really seriously, it's because we don't have people to go into the file room. Well, I'll go into the file room. Oh, well, you can't. Why not? Well, am I authorized to see the files? Yeah. But there's other stuff in there you're not supposed to see. I mean, I literally thought I was in like, pardon guys, the Soviet Union. I thought it was in a Kafka play. Like we're all going to turn into bugs or something. I mean, <laughs> like really, what? I can't have access, but you don't have time. That That's like literally Fort Knox, right? Yeah. Ooh, who has the key? Yeah. Unlikely to happen. It does happen, but it's, it's you know, have a positive outlook at first. Okay. But let's, let's go beyond that. What if for whatever reason, HR doesn't have them or they're unwilling to give them to you? How about, I know this is a little radical. How about asking your direct? Would that work? Yeah. First of all, I always ask HR first, just because sometimes they'll give me a lot more than the direct will, but I'm not against asking the direct. And so sure, you ask your direct directly. You say, hey, I'm having to do some succession planning. Ready now, ready next, the usual stuff. I need copies of your evals from your time you're here at X Corp, whatever you've got, and whatever you have from before you came to work here. Don't worry, I'm not going to use it in your evaluations. I'm not going to evaluate you based on your past evals. That's the past. But I want to make sure we're having the right discussion about you and your future. Okay. Now, if you can't say that truthfully, don't say it, guys. We don't want to suborn perjury here. Okay. But if you mean what I, if you can mean what I just said, then you're fine. So, hey, I'm having to do some succession planning. Ready now, ready next, the usual stuff. I need copies of your evals from the time you were here, whatever you've got. And you got to wonder at this point, are there people who don't keep their evals? There are, I can tell you. Cause yeah. I, I've, I've met them. Yeah. Look, at, neither you nor I would say no to that request. It's a perfectly reasonable request for my boss. And frankly, if my boss is doing succession planning, I'm hoping. I'm hoping she's thinking about me, <laughs> including me. She's planning my succession of him. Yes. Yeah, of her. Yeah. I'd say yes, absolutely. But some directs, directs are going to balk, right? Dumb maybe. Yeah, and, 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 and let's call a spade a spade. That's also dumb unless you, dear listener, are a vindictive, mean-spirited boss. And there are some of you that are. So it's possible – that it's not their fault that they're saying no, that it's really you and you're a jerk and they're afraid to give you fodder to use against them. We're going to assume that's not the case for the purposes of this discussion, however. There are two things that we found works when it comes to showing them the value in sharing with you relative to succession planning. The first one is to tell them you're doing the right thing by asking for more data. They don't want you making decisions like this without lots of data, do they? They don't. And look, hey, most reviews are watered down anyway, so weaknesses aren't going to be clear to me. And the other thing I've said to people, and it depends on the person. This doesn't. This is not my go-to move, but I've said to people, what the heck are you hiding? Why would you not share it? The more information I have, the better. I'm not going to judge you. I just want to make sure we're doing the right thing for you and the firm and for me. Right. I did have one guy one time tell me he was philosophically opposed to this kind of sharing. 
That sounds you strong. Know, he believes in this really <laughs> rigid privacy. He's probably the same guy. I don't think he was, though, weirdly. The guy who says, I don't care to share any information with you about my family. You should assume I don't have family. <laughs> uh, okay. okay. Well, actually, I'm not, I don't assume about people's families generally, but I will say that's going to make it hard. And before I could finish, I, I knew what I was going to say and I knew it was going to bum him out. I said, don't ever ask me for time off for your family. If I'm going to assume they don't exist, I wouldn't want to call you a liar for asking for time off to take care of them. <laughs> And look, in this case, the guy wanted total privacy. So that's fine. The lack of knowledge is not going to help him. I mean, me not knowing stuff is going to make me hesitant. I couldn't compel him to give stuff from his previous companies. I was hoping HR would give me what I needed. Now, guys, I admit it. Management is about judgment. And I thought he was stupid. And that didn't help in terms of succession planning either, as a general rule. Yeah. I'm just saying that. How about in terms of past evaluations for, I guess this would be uh, managers in their existing firm, in your firm. Can you go to the, their past managers within your firm for information? Yeah, why not? If you and I were coworkers and you, one of my guys worked for you, I'd say, hey, dude, didn't Johnson work for you? Yeah. Send me his eval. Yeah, cause, well, right. because I trust you and you trust me. I mean, that's part of it. Right. Yeah. And that means networks matter, right? Yeah. If you don't know a somebody, you're not sure. You've heard a rumor about somebody with their last name who's a jerk, and they come over to you and say, I need to see the evals on this person who works for you. You say, well, I'll look for them, but I don't know if I can find yeah. them. Which is a fib because you know where they are. You're just not going to look for them. But if you trust people and people see you coming and they know who you are, like, hey, dude, what can I do for you? I said, hey, guy used to work for you, now works for me. Show me his evals. I want to make sure that I'm doing the right thing relative to succession planning for him. Yeah, it, it pays to have a network. You know, we ought to do a podcast on building a network. We really should. Oh, wait a minute. Gosh, oh, yeah, we should. We did. Oh, that's right. We okay. should. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Welcome to 2005. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now look, one more thing. You're going to need to create a place for this stuff. You can put it in a folder. That's fine. I've always used to just use a pouch or a pocket in the back of a one-on-one -on -one notebook when I used to use three-ring binders for my one-on-one -on -one notebooks. But again, I've told people this at conferences before. I travel too much now. So three-ring binders don't work for traveling. And actually, in my case, I don't keep them in one folder. I put each person's succession planning stuff in the back of their one-on-one -on -one form. And then I only really need it all together in order to compare and contrast different directs and make sure that I'm seeing the team accurately. And I would bring it all together, take a look at it in the pile, and then put it back with their one-on-one -on -one forms. In my mind, having it with the basic stuff that I generally interact with my team on, which would be obviously the one-on-one -on -one form, then that's where I'd want it. And look, it's possible with all this stuff we're suggesting you ask, we ask directs, you ask former bosses, you ask HR, it's still possible you end up with nothing. Three strikes and you're out kind of thing. I've never not had something come out of the request, um, but it's still possible. And our comment on that would be, yes, it is, but you won't get anything if you don't ask. And getting nothing and having asked is still better than having nothing in advance. Yeah, your, your folks knowing that you're asking about that makes a difference. They have more confidence in your planning, right? And in, in the succession planning you're doing on their behalf. So, yep. Okay. So the next step is, is pretty simple, right? You've gathered all this stuff and now you examine the reviews for both strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, it's not, this is actually, I suppose it requires some discernment skills, but everybody listening, I'm sure has them. This is the easy part. You probably can't read too much into other managers evaluations of your team members. 
Other managers are terrible writers. I love that line. Other managers are terrible <laughs> writers. They're scared of being honest because the system often punishes it, right? And they didn't have the credibility to be honest anyway because they had abdicated regular feedback throughout the year. But you probably can discern some trends. If three previous managers all made comments about your direct's difficulty with coworkers, you got to make a note of that and you got to start looking for it. Maybe she's licked it. Maybe she's fine. Mm, probably not. <laughs> probably not, right? But you want to pay attention. And look, if she has beaten it, by God, pat her on the back and say, I just want to tell you, that's a big negative and you've turned it into a big positive. Well done. Okay. Now, look, we're not looking for isolated incidents. Stuff happens. We understand that. Okay. We're not looking for dirt. A bad review from a well-known jerk manager is probably worth ignoring is the way I would describe it. Unless the career path you're considering this person for will put him working with other people who are very similar like that jerk boss. And basically what you do is you go through and you highlight stuff that impresses or worries you. That's all. And then you transfer that to the draft strengths and weaknesses list. Yeah. And then you say here annotated with H for historical, I guess to distinguish that from things you observed yourself. Yeah. People used to say about my H's, they were like, Ooh, that's H for horseman. You believe that? I said, no, it's H for historical. I got that from a review from five years ago. Why are you looking at people's reviews? Because I want to know the whole person. I'd want my boss to know my history. You know, sometimes bosses don't ask, where did you used to work? How long did you work there? You did that? See, I didn't know that. So you make a one-page list and you transfer your historical notes to that simple list, strengths and weaknesses, for each of your directs. You're probably not going to have tons of stuff from the historical review. So you put it all on two to three to four sheets of paper. Really, frankly, you can do it all on one sheet if you've got a small team. You know, you the first guy gets three or four lines at the top. The next guy gets three or four lines. The next guy gets three or four lines. You don't need 20 lines of strings and weaknesses on every person. Okay? And you put H's, notably, next to the stuff that came from previous reviews, historical stuff. And again, you don't have to put an H. You can put whatever you want, folks. You need a standard procedure for how you're going to notate that something is historical. Some people I've seen put just put brackets or parentheses around something to tell them this isn't current. But I like the H. It works for me. And look, guys, this is how executives think about future managers and leaders in an organization. Who do we have? What are their strengths and weaknesses? How does that compare to our future needs? What development is necessary to close the gaps? And guys, if you're at the top of an organization and you have 500 managers and executives that you're developing and you're having to consider them, you better have a simple framework for talking about them and thinking about them. You can't play chess in an organization with 500 pieces. Now, you can know enough about people that when an opening comes up, you can say there are three or four guys that are on shortlist for that position based on the previous work. But you can't keep 500 people all in your head all the time every quarter. You can't do it. Yeah, no you've way. Got to, you got to have a simple way to be able to review and say, aha, I remember this guy. That's why we often, I think I said it a few times on cast mics about baseball cards, the idea that you would have a picture mm -hmm. of the, of the manager executive there on the one pager. So, oh, I remember that guy. He was at a conference I went to in Schenectady and he did this and he did that. And I know his strengths. I know his weaknesses. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome stuff. Yeah. Hey, let me ask a question. You know, you've developed this list. 
on these three or four sheets of paper, you have all your your folks. And clearly, I wouldn't share that with with every individual on my team. But if I've developed this list of strengths and weaknesses for Susan, for example, would you recommend sharing that with her, having a conversation with her about your research and your thoughts in terms of her strengths and weaknesses and what it means in terms of succession planning? I generally would. There might be some things I wouldn't. But generally speaking, if they've worked for me, they've, you know, I'm not afraid to pull punches. I'm not afraid to punch them in the nose if they deserve it relative to performance at the end of the year. Some managers are not. I'd want to know whether they agreed or whether, you know, whether there's a, a disconnect yeah. in terms of how I perceive them, how others perceive them, and how they perceive themselves. I certainly want an opportunity to yeah, find exactly. That's so true. what are the strengths and weaknesses exactly? What do you think of your strengths and weaknesses? Do you agree with what I've got here? What's your feeling about your development on your weaknesses, right? How how long, far along are you? Do you know that you're supposed to rely on your strengths? Your strengths are what is going to carry you through your career? Do they even know what they're thinking about relative to their career? Some people may opt out. I mean, succession planning is a chance to have a discussion about the future. And you may discover that their future path is very different. And that helps you because there are less resources that you have to consider. It may be your best guy is going to leave the firm and that doesn't feel like helpful, but it's better to know six months in advance than it does the time you promote him. I think that 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 would be very interesting conversation, asking those questions of folks. And it would be really great if we had time set aside for actually talking about about those kind of things. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. Wouldn't it be an awesome system everything worked together and it was all based on behaviors and on professionalism? Yeah. Maybe we should create a weekly meeting of a half an hour where the direct talks for 10 minutes and the manager talks for 10 minutes and you leave 10 minutes for the future. That's where I would put this. I would put it in the future discussions. Yeah. Wow, this stuff actually fits together. <laughs> Somebody ought to do that. Somebody ought to do that. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, folks. We're kidding. When do you ask these questions to your directs? Whenever you come up with them at the end of the 30-minute one-on-one. You cut your time down by five or 10 minutes, and you take five or 10 minutes and ask them some questions. And then make it an ongoing dialogue. This is chapter two, but that's it. I mean, we want managers to be willing to do some research, historical research on your directs so you can understand a little bit more about them. Too many managers don't even think, where did they go to school and what was their background? By the way, nothing wrong with asking for their resumes, right? So gather that previous stuff. Ask it from HR. Ask it from their former bosses. Ask it from your directs. Make a list of their strengths and weaknesses with the H's or with brackets or whatever, and then Ask them some questions. Involve them in the discussion. This, guys, is what managers whom others call prepared do in order to be called prepared. Um, It's a small thing, maybe. And sometimes it does take a little bit of time. But if you know your folks pass and you make sure you consider it, then if something goes wrong, you can show your boss you did your best due diligence. Or better yet, you can avoid something going wrong entirely. And that's the purpose of this. That's it. Awesome. All right, my friend. Thank you. Thanks, partner. All right, man. We'll see you. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long.